Hello everyone and welcome to our spoiler review for Zack Snyder's Justice League, a movie that was released exclusively on HBO Max. It's a four hour long movie so there's a lot to spoil here so if you haven't seen the movie we recommend you go watch it. Spend the next, probably watch it over two days because that's a hard get through and one sit through at least my opinion so come back and then come back in a few days when this is uploaded on YouTube and watch our spoiler review and hey if you've saw, seen the movie you know get in the comment section and let's discuss this movie uh, my name's Joe Fricky uh, and Johnny introduce yourself let people know what were your kind of opening thoughts what were some of your favorite parts um, opening thoughts uh, first of all my name's Johnny Duke you all should know me by now if you uh, if you have watched the show but if not thank you for checking out our or a few new people. Um, I don't know. I'm obvious. I'm lower on Zack Snyder as a whole than I think anyone in, uh, else here. So I think that kind of translated to my, you know, what I felt about the movie. If you love Zack Snyder, I could get like, you like this one. But for me, it, it didn't fully work. There are definitely some elements that I liked. It's obviously way better than the first version we got. But um, I think this movie is held to a higher degree because we got the Whedon version and everyone thinks that this one is such a big improvement on it. If this had just come out when it was supposed to, um, I don't think nearly as many people would be as high on it as they seem to be now. So that's kind of my like initial thoughts on it. All right. And uh, Bobby, same question. What are your initial thoughts? Any favorite parts that stick out? Uh, yeah. Well, like, like Johnny said, if you've watched us, um, I'm Bobby, you should know me by now. If not welcome, but uh if you've seen our non-spoiler review, you'd know that surprisingly to me, um, I really loved this movie, um, all four hours of it. Uh, there, I definitely have, like, I could point out some small issues, but nothing really took me away overall from the movie. Um, but I could definitely discuss some things that maybe put it down a little bit. Um, overall, my favorite things just to kind of talk about, I mean, scene-wise is probably a lot in that third act fight, uh, including Flash going back in time. That was probably one of my biggest highlights. Um, and just the overall arc for Cyborg, um, giving him more of a character and being more the heart of the movie, um, as well as Flash. I mean, Cyborg and Flash turned into two of my favorite characters in this movie. Um, and then the first one, Flash was kind of just like just the, uh, you know, he was just the comedic relief and Cyborg was just there. Um, and I really liked them. And then the other thing I've always liked, um, Ben Affleck's Batman. So he was he finally gave me a reason to actually own this hot toy because i like a movie with him in it finally uh but i really like him i like his dynamic with alfred we'll get into a lot of that but yeah i like a lot of this movie and we'll get into it as we go all right and uh tristan i know you don't like to ask me questions but i'll be nice to you today and ask you kind of the same thing Um, yeah i appreciate it you know it's a special day for me i've been waiting for this movie for how many years i'm the one staunch defender of this group that really liked bbs and really liked man of steel too i just was very into the direction that the dcu was going leading into this and i mentioned the non-spoiler review if you watched that that i was pretty nervous going into this because i had a lot of expectations and i didn't know if it was going to be great i just wanted it to not be a steaming pile of shit and i was like this is just terrible how am i even going to live this down and I'm happy to say it was not terrible. I actually loved it, and I've rewatched it a handful of times between then and now. And every time I watch it again, uh, all the flaws I had just kind of start to fade away. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, I do want to tease one scene we're probably going to talk about a lot by just pulling up this little hot dog here, and <laughs> we'll see where it goes. All right, all right, yeah. And I mean, I know I kicked this off, but I would, you know, I 
I, I felt the reason I'm more hosting this is because I'm kind of in the middle. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was fine. That's kind of my general reaction. As I thought it was fine, so I'm mostly going to uh, let everyone else talk, and I'm going to try to steer the conversation. If I feel like there's something we're not talking about or something we should be talking about, I'm going to kind of steer, just try to steer the conversation in a way that I feel is entertaining. So I'll say first of all, first off, uh, I'll just go around and ask uh what everyone's like favorite moment of the movie or favorite aspect of the movie or what whatever coming out of it you were like this is what i enjoyed the most uh and for me i would just say it's how like the difference in the joss whedon cut and the snyder cut that cyborg was because i did not like cyborg at all really in the joss whedon cut just because he didn't really have anything to do and i felt like he was kind of the centerpiece and heart of this movie and i just I, I thought it was interesting to see how different a movie could be based on you know editing or who's in charge so that was kind of my favorite aspect of it and uh johnny what about you as far as like i mean it's crazy like a four-hour movie about characters that i grew up loving there should be at least one moment that i think of and i'm like that's something I would like to go back and revisit. But there honestly isn't a single scene in this whole movie that I think is like worth watching back. But there were definitely moments that I enjoyed it, you know, in the time. So I liked the best part of the movie. Obviously, they improved upon Cyborg, um, which was good from the original one. And they improved, they made um, Steppenwolf go from the worst villain ever put to screen to just an average villain, which was actually a huge improvement from what we saw. But both of those, I think going back to my point, like if we just didn't get this, the weeded version, I don't think those are as highly praised as they, as they are now. Um, so if you just look at it as a whole, I don't think either of those like completely worked well, but I think the best stuff was Superman coming back and fighting Steppenwolf. You get to really see him showcase his powers a little better than, uh, just like the really boring overlong fight in Man of Steel, you get to see Superman use his freeze breath and his laser vision and just kind of be a badass. And I, I like that. Um, it's very Zack Snyder that you had to bring him back in the black suit, which doesn't make any sense. But um, I, I liked seeing Superman back and fighting. I think that was the only part that really was like, damn, I, I'm, I'm enjoying like this part for the movie for me. All right. And uh, Bobby? Same question. What was your like favorite moment or favorite part or favorite thing coming out of this? Movie? Yeah. So, so obviously I, I said, I loved a lot about this movie. If I'm going to pick like a particular moment, like one singular thing, it's Superman. I'm not, not impressed. Um, you know, the, the stopping the, the ax with the shoulder when he comes back um, and that whole scene of him coming back. But as an overall aspect of the movie, it felt to me like reading old crossover comics, um, especially maybe like, 80s and forward crossover comics um and also it, it kind of felt like watching a more epic version of the uh like dc animated movies where you could drop it in and you couldn't you like i didn't need to know anything prior to going into this and just set it up as superman died from doomsday that story happened and go um and i like it was a very complete it's it's story to me as a singular movie and worked as a kind of a standalone justice league. Like I could have watched this in a, you know, there's, there's obviously some things that I could have, you could have cut out from this, but overall it's kind of the feel it's like, it's the Zack Snyder feel for this movie worked for me. 
Um, so if you, as a general sense is that there's a lot of individual scenes that I feel like we'll get into, but one scene it's Superman overall, it's kind of the feel of the movie. I could have lived in this world for, you know, for that long. And that's why it worked for four hours. All right. And uh, Tristan, same to you. My biggest uh, positive for this is that it just really gave a lot of extra room for these side characters. Robbie mentioned in the start, Cyborg and the Flash were just kind of like nothing characters in the original cut. And in this, they really feel like fleshed out characters. They really are. Every character is given like a few good moments. You know, we all will talk about the Flash traveling through time. I think that's a really cool moment. I think Cyborg gets a lot of cool moments. And I think that extra breathing room just gives them a lot of space to give these characters extra moments and scenes together. And I think Bobby mentioned you watch like an animated Justice League movie and you don't necessarily have to know what you what happened ahead of time going in, but it helps if you do in this case. I think it stands alone really well, but I also think my biggest positive is that it feels part of a whole too. Mm-hmm. I when the day yeah. when the day came out, I watched Man of Steel, BVS, and Justice League all back to back to back and did a whole marathon of this and it feels like a consistent story through all of that and the tone is consistent, the style is consistent, the characters feel consistent and I just love that it feels like one part of a whole thing while at the same time feeling very standalone. I just think it, I loved that element of that. You can watch this by itself, but it also feels very much like a fulfillment of what was brought up in the previous movies. Yeah, I can I can see all those points that everyone brought up. Uh, Johnny, any other, like, because you you're the most down on this. So, like, what's your biggest negative or what's the thing that really made you not enjoy this, I guess I should say? I mean, overall... I said, I'm not a big Zack Snyder guy, so I, I think just some elements of the film don't work because of the way he shoots other things. I, I think the plot is horrible. I think the villain plot of this movie is maybe the worst villain plot of any superhero movie um, because the whole thing hinges on Darkseid just forgetting that the only place he never could conquer was Earth, and he just forgets about it. It would be such a just a better story if Darkseid like never came back to Earth and Steppenwolf wants to earn his trust back by taking the one place that he never could. And they kind of set that up, but then they reveal that Darkseid just they just didn't know where they were. It, I think that is insanely stupid. I hated that. Um, that to me was like laughably bad and made both Steppenwolf, which they improved upon, look weak, and Darkseid look like an idiot. And he's supposed to be the Thanos of the DCEU when he looks like a, just a, a forgetful idiot who's weak in this one. Um, but like, I don't know. There's just a lot of things of like, you get the slow motion scene, which we talked about in our Mount Rushmore with Quicksilver um, in Days of Future Past. That scene works because there's no other slow motion scenes in the rest of the movie. So when he does it, it really feels like, oh, like I get he's going in super speed. The Flash, I think, completely fails as a character as a whole. The portrayal of his powers, the portrayal of the character. But I think because you have all of these characters, everything they do is in slow motion all the time, that when the Flash uses his superpower, it's just dumb because the rest of the movie is also that. I think that just by getting rid of the slow motion of like all of this, like every two seconds um, on Themyscira would make the Flash look like a stronger character. And I think he looks like a... I don't know. It's just like kind of the showing of a filmmaker really showcasing a power versus someone who just like thinks it is cool to make things slow motion. Like it doesn't, it, I think it hurts the character, the flash. I think Ezra Miller as a whole, like I like his body of work as an actor, but I think he fails completely in this movie. 
Um, every line that he says in the entire movie like is cringeworthy. I think his dialogue is bad. His delivery is bad. I think they should have just gone with either put a character in there that matches the rest of your tone. You're going for, this is the Snyder cut. This is the dark, you know, universe that I want to create. Make every character dark or make him super charismatic because Ezra Miller can do that really well. He's great uh, as like the charismatic, super, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, perks of being a wallflower. Yeah, and perks of being a wallflower. He, he's great in that role. And I would have liked the flash that was more, it felt a lot like Andrew Garfield in the amazing Spider-Man where they take someone who's super charismatic and then try to make them dorky. And it never actually works for me. So there are just a lot of elements that I think overall just doesn't work. You have a bad plot. I never care about any of these characters. You don't give me a reason to maybe cyborg. Um, but I think if I, I coming out of this, I was like, man, I wish I just got like a cyborg movie. I don't need all those cyborg scenes in the Justice League movie. That's why this thing is four hours long. Um, it's just trying to do too much. But I don't know. There's just a lot of things that don't work. I, I hate the nothing that Snyder ever does will look cool to me. Like I don't think his visuals are cool. I don't. They're not something that I like to look at. I like. A, I hate big CGI set pieces, and that's basically what this movie is. Every time they fight, I don't care about Ben Affleck's Batman. I have no reason to. I don't care about Aquaman. It, this was supposed to come out before the Aquaman movie did. So I know who that character is because he had his own movie that I had some problems with, but I like Momoa, but he has nothing to do in this. Same with Wonder Woman. I don't care about her. She just straight up murders the dudes in the bank at the beginning and then turns around to this little girl and is like, yeah, you can be like me, even though I'm a god and you're just a little girl. I, it just There are so many things. We'll get into it. I don't want to go like all over the place right away, but... Those are just all the things that have been popping in my head, things that I think just fail. I, I think a lot of this movie fails, but I think overall as a whole, like I watched four hours of it. It wasn't like, you know, going into it, Batman vs Superman, I never bothered watching the extended cut, which everyone tells me is better, but Batman vs Superman was the worst movie theater experience I've ever had in my life. I thought it was horrible. I was just like depressed after that. This was nowhere near as bad as that. I, I enjoyed watching it. But I had a lot of problems with it. So while I can play those up of like, I think they fail and they don't work, I enjoyed this one enough to watch it through, which, you know, sometimes a four hour movie that can be really hard to do. So, yeah, I will say one thing because you were talking about the CGI. Because uh, I watched the movie the day it came out and then I watched it uh, throughout this weekend and uh, they released like the black and white version. And I decided to watch that for my second time to see how I felt about it. Because when they announced it, I'm like, why? Like, a week after it originally came out, you're just releasing, like, a different version that it's just black and white. Like, I still think the smarter move would have been to, you know, wait a few months when HBO Max didn't really have anything to drop. And just be like, oh, we have this black and white version of Justice League you can watch. But I will say, for whatever reason that I can't explain, it made the CGI look better. Like, all of the CGI that I thought was just aggressively bad in, you know, the Zack Snyder cut. I thought Darkseid looked, like, straight out of the CW. Uh, I thought Martian Manhunter, who uh, we haven't talked about yet, I thought he looked straight out of the CW. But I actually, you know, whatever reason, being converted to black and white, I thought both of them looked, you know, good. And they didn't, like, stick out as being bad in the black and white version. So I will say that. Um, uh, Tristan, Johnny talked for a while. Do you have anything counterpoints or anything you want to bring up of what he said 
He mentioned that he doesn't like the big CGI battles, and I kind of agree. I, I enjoy Man of Steel a lot, but I think the worst part by a mile is the last hour is just like this exhausting, like emotionless CGI battle. And I think this doesn't quite feel like that. I think a lot of the slow burn kind of empty space of this really gives you a chance to get some space between the battles and some space between the action. There's never quite like, you know, an hour long just CGI nightmare fest. I think the fights are kind of condensed. You have all these, you can track the action, you can track the emotion they're not like in the middle of the city destroying like skyscrapers and millions of people getting killed they're, they did it, they went out of their way to make sure okay you're in a place where there are no people and you're just getting these hero versus villain fights i really enjoyed the action in this comparatively to especially man of steel i think that movie suffers in its action scenes and i think this movie's action scenes especially comparatively i think you can almost see snyder kind of addressing the complaints people had about that in man of steel and trying to condense the action and contain the action and make it more focused. So I thought it was a big improvement compared to what he's done before in the universe. Alright, and uh, Bobby, yeah. do you have any counterpoints to what Johnny said or anything to add on to what Tristan said? Yeah, basically, the action in this movie, so, I mean, as an overall, I guess, negative, like, the one thing that I would say is, like, if, if I were to have this movie redone uh, to be, like, a perfect Justice League movie for me, it would get rid of some of Zack Snyder's flaws to me as a director and his style I think, like Johnny said, slow motion was overused. I think it should only be used when characters are moving in super speed or to emphasize a moment or something like that. It's it's too overused. So like so not overall, a sesame but seed. no, not a sesame <laughs> seed. I think that's a little overdone. Um, but but overall, I actually did like. So like, if a character doesn't work for you, a character doesn't work for you. But the Flash to me like worked really well. Like I found him being kind of the nerdy, awkward kid came across genuine to me versus to Johnny it came across as someone trying to be that and that's just when you watch it how it comes across to you and to me it worked uh to johnny it didn't but i really liked ezra miller's Miller's flash and i i'm curious to see what he does going forward although i'm also curious to see if they you know explain his other issues going on but um the uh overall like negative yeah slow motion like football scene you don't need to do slow motion every single time that he is making a move or hurdling because when you slow-mo a guy hurdling someone you can see that he's about five feet to the side of him instead of going over top of him that's a problem but um those are like little things that as i'm watching it's like yeah uh, that's kind of annoying but not too bad um but to me the action was blocked and was choreographed really well i actually really liked a lot of the action scenes they did not feel like man of steel which i really like man of steel but I mean, that action in that final act is just kind of, it is a blur. It's just kind of going through buildings and doing random stuff. You could track everything that was going on, and Zack Snyder gave everyone to do in each fight scene. Um, Like, it wasn't like in the original Justice League where Cyborg literally had nothing to do. They send Flash away because they don't have him do the time travel, so he goes to that family. Like, Flash is doing something very, very specific to the goal of what they're trying to do to beat Steppenwolf, and that leads to that time travel moment. Cyborg is is the key, and that's what he's doing. He's getting to the mother box, and you have people that are just, you know, basically trying to delay Steppenwolf. And I think that was all choreographed well, and I was following it, and it didn't just come across as like visual noise. So I, I really did like the action instead of it didn't, I didn't, it didn't play off as just a big CGI fest to me, basically. All right, all right, yeah. Um, let's see what other topics i do have some you? complaints i could bring up if you guys yeah. want to hear the negatives from right. this, a diehard fan of this franchise yeah i'd love to i mentioned i've been going on and on about how much i think it really enhances some of the side characters especially flash and cyborg who i think needed a lot of time because they're newer characters to people but i think that came at a cost of a lot of the other characters like 
especially Superman, I think is is barely in the movie, and I think that's that it's intentional because there's there was originally going to be a second movie that I'm sure would have had a lot more Superman in it. But I think especially like Aquaman is like a nothing character almost in this movie. He has a couple of cool moments, but he's the one element that I honestly think Joss Whedon did a little bit better. I think his version of Aquaman was a bit more entertaining and you can really get his personality that shines through. And in this, like I said, I went into it nervous and you get to that scene where they introduce Aquaman and I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like he's walking out to the pier. There's this really cool like folk song kind of playing. And I'm like, wow, what a cool character introduction. And then of course the scene keeps going and you see someone walking up and picking up his sweater and sniffing it. And they're singing this like foreign language poem about how Aquaman's coming to save them. And I'm like, what is, what am I even watching? Like, is this really going to be the movie that I'm seeing? Cause if they kept that scene, like if that was what the whole movie was, I would have been like, wow, they really dropped the ball here. <laughs> I think there's a couple moments like that where I'm like, you could have spent, you could have done a better job with some of these other characters, Aquaman in particular. I think Lois Lane as well is like, why is she in the movie almost? Like she's just spending the whole time mourning Superman. And I feel like that's not the Lois Lane that he established in Man of Steel, who was very assertive and very forward and was able to, on her own accord, uncover Kal-El, uncover Clark Kent and uncover the whole mystery. It wasn't like she was just some, I don't know, victim. And I think in this, she's very much played as a victim. She's very much played as like a, a person you can't handle her grief and a person who isn't able to function under her grief. And I just don't think that's quite the Lois Lane that he portrayed as. I think his version of Lois Lane would have been the one who goes to work and works through her grief. And you know, in the back of her head, she's feeling a lot and she's not expressing it necessarily. And I think having Lois be like this mopey person who doesn't go to work and is just going and mourning Superman every single day, it doesn't quite feel like the Lois set is in this franchise. So I think a lot of this, a lot of the side characters are enhanced a lot, but I do think a lot of the already established characters like Batman doesn't quite isn't is barely in the movie bruce wayne's in it a lot but i don't think you get quite a lot of batman until the end so i think you could have with four hours i feel like you could have done more with some of these characters that we already know yeah um yeah amber heard has an accent too yeah that <laughs> that, that really that threw weird. me out a lot of the movie like because it's like why number one like she lives well, in atlanta she doesn't need a british accent That's, especially when jason i mean i know jason Momoa right. didn't really like grow up in atlantis but Willem Dafoe's character did grow up in Atlantis, and he doesn't yeah. have a British accent. And yeah, it's like, not like Star Wars, where most of the villains are are British. Like, and you kind yeah. of just accept that, like it makes sense to it. But like, I think what they were going for originally, Snyder wanted her to have an accent, so they did it with an accent, and then she didn't in the Whedon cut, even though it's like the same scenes. So they clearly ADR'd her, just doing her normal voice. And then in Aquaman, they were like, "Well, the version that came out of Justice League, you don't have an accent." But then Snyder was just like, we're going to go with the accent because that's what I originally intended, even though it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, what's weird is I know how you mentioned they must have ADR'd her. They like they reshot scenes that they didn't have to reshoot. They could yeah. have ADR'd her. And they actually like if you look at the two versions, they either used completely different takes from the same shoot or they reshot it from different camera angles slightly and from different takes yeah. of the of like scenes because it's really weird that like they did reshoot so the scene uh with bruce like on the plane with alfred like in the very beginning of the movie they have a similar conversation a little bit but it's just extended a lot more in the snyder cut they reshoot that entire thing with ben affleck after his issues and you can tell because he has kind of the bloated face in that and it's like you just reshot it to make the lighting a little bit different so that it look it's shot more it more like a comedy where it's very bright lighting 
and you changed the dialogue just a little bit, but it played kind of the same way. It's like, why did you do that? Well, I think part of it, because I know the same thing happened with Ron Howard and Solo, is for a director to get directing credit, they have to direct a certain percentage of the movie. So I wonder, mm-hmm. and I know, so I wonder how much of that was just they had to reshoot it just so. But Zack Snyder oh, yes, got the credit. credit. Oh, he still has. Well, that's my thing. So like, Zack yeah. Snyder, Zack Snyder doesn't make any sense. Does he right. really? I mean, he shot the whole they, movie. Like everything right. we saw, they shot basically the epilogue was like the only new thing, other than fixing the special effects, like making yeah. Steppenwolf look better. What shocked me about just hearing that was I thought they went back and just shot a bunch of scenes because there was no way that Zack Snyder for the first movie of the Justice League planned on doing a four hour cut. But no, this was like outside of the epilogue, he basically planned on the Justice League being a three and a half hour movie, which is absurd to me. Well, you know what? This is the first no, it, of a trilogy. Yeah. It they, you could easily like here's the thing. Like I loved watching a four hour version of this, but it felt like an extended cut of a theatrical release where yeah. you can you can get rid of most of that epilogue. You can get, and there's a lot of scenes like the singing and things where they just, he just extended it basically because he had it. And like, this is an idea I had. And like, you know, like you can easily get this down to below three hours. Yeah. This is definitely Um, a movie that just had all of the deleted scenes in it. Like normally if they, if like Zack Snyder, if he released this theatrically, obviously the epilogue wouldn't have been in there. And then just, there would have been deleted scenes. I don't know which yeah. ones, right. but every movie has deleted well, scenes. So it and it's not even that you need to delete it, but just change the pacing of some of the edits. You, like, you don't need Bruce Wayne, like even though I liked seeing it just because it makes it feel a little bit more epic in scale. You don't need Bruce Wayne taking 10 minutes to get to Aquaman. You don't need yeah. the singing scene. You don't need um, every single thing that Flash does in slow motion when he does it, when he saves... Um, like you know with the whole whole poppy seed and like you can cut some things and you can make this down and cut and like make it a little tighter but i did enjoy seeing everything that he shot like it yeah i think if this came out in views there's no way it would have been four hours he probably would have had it right around three just probably like 259 just south of three and i think that is definitely here and i think the best comparison is like the lord of the rings i recently for the first time in how many years watch a theatrical version of lord of the rings i normally watch the extended cuts and you can tell comparing those two, like the extended versions have a lot of stuff you don't necessarily need in there. Like just if you're looking at like the pacing of a movie, like the plotting of a movie, there's stuff that you don't necessarily want. But if you were like a diehard Lord of the Rings fan, you want to see all that cool stuff. You know, you want to see the 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 mouth of Sauron. You want to see Saruman's last scene in Return of the King. You want to see those extra kind of scenes. And even though it doesn't necessarily affect, doesn't necessarily help the pacing, doesn't necessarily help like the plotting, it's there for the fans. And this definitely feels for, to me like, a director's cut like he shot scenes that he knew would probably not have made the movie every movie shoots scenes that ultimately don't make the movie and this to me just feels like okay we're going to put everything in there just whether it's for zach whether it's for the fans just the same way you do any director's cut you're going to put what you have and put it in the movie you know and that's yeah for four hours especially i feel like it flew by shockingly like i never had a moment where i was like all right let's like get to the end here like how much longer do i have i spent the whole time very engaged with what was going on and very engaged with this the visuals and the characters i felt for four hours i was there the whole time you know and i was too and i was surprised by that and i was very surprised like i said i watched with with my wife jen who does not love superhero movies like she'll watch the marvel movies and she'll get entertained but she checks out of those of movie superhero movies a lot and she watched the entire four-hour movie without asking to stop or without she was locked into the characters and to the to the story and everything so it is engaging like even to someone who's not a fan of these movies it in it at least engaged her in a way and you know you you can quantify that however you want but 
to me, it, it did. It locked me in. I didn't feel like I really wanted to get to, all right, well, let's just get to the next fight or let's get to the end of this fight or whatever. Um, and as far as like why he included, I think a lot of that extra stuff, it's because there was a big process of, well, at first, you know, let's release it as a mini series. We're going to do those parts. We're going to be episodes, but that created a legal problem of, well, if we create, if we make a movie and then shoot and then make it a mini series, we have to pay people differently as if it was making a whole separate thing. So they decided to make it a movie. Um, and that worked for me. That's fine. Especially watching it at home where you can pause it whenever you want. But as far as like answering the question of maybe why he left a lot of stuff in there that maybe wouldn't be in a movie version. Um, he kind of created episodes. I, I think though too, like, I don't like the overall plan that Snyder had basically like going into it. This was your, this was your first movie. It's them setting up the justice league and then fighting Steppenwolf. The next movie is dark side. And the third movie is Batman bones, Lois Lane. So then Superman turns evil and you get this like injustice league. That's literally what the, what the plan was. You have the, um, the pregnancy test shown in this, but they don't know. I know. I I told you that, but it, he's changed a little bit of what that I whole story was. I think that is canon. I think that is 100% what they were going to do with this because it's very Zack Snyder. But I also think, like, make the first movie Batman recruiting the Justice League. This was supposed to be your introduction to Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash. We already had Wonder Woman, Superman's dead, and you haven't really gotten a ton from Batman outside of one movie. I think they could have done one whole Justice League movie of Batman. You really get to know his character better. You get to showcase Ben Affleck as as Bruce Wayne and Batman. And the the whole movie is him recruiting those characters and you have all of their origin stories. You have those included in it. And it ends with Batman, you know, maybe them all suiting up and then about to go on some mission or something like that. Like, maybe that's non-traditional, but like Zack Snyder wants to take these chances. I think it would have been cool to do a movie that doesn't have some huge epic fight scene with the world on the line at the end, or maybe you do, but you have a smaller scale villain at the end that shows that they can work together and take him out. The next movie is Steppenwolf and you've already introduced your characters. You can do the Steppenwolf storyline in two hours, two and a half hours, whatever you want to do actually focus on that. So I'm not watching four different movies in one because I felt like every time I was getting like the cyborg origin story or the flash scenes, it never felt like the same movie coherently to me. So I would have liked one movie of focusing on those, one movie of the Steppenwolf thing, and then the third movie should have been Darkseid, and you don't have any of the Superman turning evil stuff. Because you already have one scene of him fighting them. That's all you need. You don't need to, like, you know, make, like, this a justice storyline and have the awful epilogue scene at the end with the Joker and Batman telling him he's going to fucking kill him, which is, I think, the worst line in any comic book movie ever put to screen. Um... Other than Martha, probably. So. As soon as I heard that line, I was like, well, Johnny's going to hate that one. <laughs> that was such a bad I'm gonna fucking line. kill you. <laughs> like, so dumb. Like, I don't know. It's just, Zach Snyder thinks that's so cool. But, man, that, that's so bad. I um, think Jared Leto's Joker think, is sometimes entertaining. I think, but that, I, I think Jared Leto's Joker, though, in that scene worked. I liked him in that. Yeah. It's obviously much better than the version we got. He's still so, very but, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Is his portrayal. All I see is Jim right? Carrey every time his Joker's on yeah. screen, and I don't like it. We do have a live comment. Uh, Michael says in the in the Twitch chat, uh, fu- I don't know if this is true or not, but he says, fun fact, 24 minutes and 7 seconds of the Snyder Cut is in slow motion, which is approximately 10% of the film. 
That's not even a lot. I think that's <laughs> right. That's a lot. Yeah, that ten percent is a lot, Tristan. And like, first I of all, ten percent is a lot. Second of yeah. all, twenty-four minutes is a lot for like a normal film. Could you imagine a two-hour movie with half, like a, a, a quarter, quarter of it, it being in yeah. fucking in slow motion? Is wild. But yeah, again, like that hurts the Flash's character to me because his power never seems cool because everyone else is just fucking sliding on their knees under doors in slow motion. I hear Michael laughing in the background. But anyway, um, the, okay, so the thing I want to kind of focus on and talk about, because we all kind of mentioned it as something we liked, but I have a lot of issues with some of the character elements of Cyborg. So uh, Tristan, I guess, start, I don't know, you just ate a hot dog. So Bobby, I know you love this movie. What are your, um, like, your, what were your thoughts on Cyborg, how they did him in this uh, in so- this I, the thing is, I know where you're going with this, so I could either start by basically defending what you're about to say, you or just say my overall thoughts. So, um, so overall, I thought even though he had to include some like a couple cliches to kind of get it across, and I didn't love the slow motion in the football scene, I liked the idea of his story, and I liked his arc as a character going from the kid who is the football star who feels kind of neglected by an absent dad. Um, being brought back to life with a, you know his mom dead, and basically having to find a new identity for himself and what he is to the world. Like he, his whole like what he was as a person is gone. He can't go back to that, and now he has all this power. Um, and I like that whole kind of the philosophy of of uh, his struggle there, and the whole scene of him giving the money to the the wait- waitress who was struggling with the atm like i i really yeah, like we'll that talk about scene. that which look i i get it like you you can point out things but i think you know that that worked to me and i think that played well and showed because if you give most people that power they're gonna do kind of the wrong thing with it and that at least showed that his character he has the right character for having this power even though that may cause issues or something like to the bank or to whatever but he has the the power to fix the entire world you can take wealth and provide it to people and instead he does it for like one person in the scene i don't think like i don't blame the character like whatever but that's actually not fully understanding what he just did like you can basically fix the world's problems if you're well, cyborg like here's easily thing. and Look, he just does it once and i think he's a super villain i think cyborg you, is a super villain you, you think, can't just but you can't just give everyone money like you're gonna then cause you the government you, you're then, cyborg no, sure because but you take, then, from then the rich, take from the rich and give to the you poor. then you you then cause governments to completely collapse yeah, and then you have then you have everyone who probably shouldn't have the the wealth that they do uh, have it like no like yes cyborg has you the power of every choosing. nuclear weapon in and the you world. have to remember should, that he's, he a, he's like an eight... all into space johnny yeah, you have to also remember kid who's he's a 17 kid. or 18 year old kid at this point he's in college so, so he's like we yeah, just started in college many, so no, he's like it, 2021 maybe 20 he's got too many powers and my, my thing is this Bobby mentioned yeah, this. It was Gotham, wasn't it high school no he because it was goth it was Gotham city university it was Gotham City oh, Gotham University because they were playing still, against that's Wisconsin. 20, okay, a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, whatever. He's a young kid. Like, so this dude's yeah. way past the point of being mad at his dad for not showing up to a game. He's not 16. But, okay, dad doesn't show up to the game. You already have that. You show, you know, okay, Cyborg, you know, he doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. He's sad he's not there. He can somehow spot that from the field. 
um, and yeah, every I was just thinking to look at him. But also, then you have this horrific car accident, which is just them talking, and then a, a car hits him to give you like a little jump or whatever. And then Cyborg is blaming his father for this incident when basically, like, I really wish they just had a line of dialogue like, Dad, you know mom can't drive well. Like, you might as well have had that in there because it would have made more sense. But, like, just throw something in there of the mom goes to call the dad or the dad calls her and she looks at her phone and then she crashes into something. Like, not they just get T-boned by someone and then he blames the dad. You, You just set up too many things. Like, you just can have him not feeling close to his dad. He doesn't like his dad because he's never there for him. And then he's mad at his dad for turning him into a monster. You then also don't need a cyborg blaming his dad for his mom's death. Like, it's just everything on top of each other, and it doesn't need all that. It's just, like, the movie's problem as a whole is trying to do way too many things and tell too many stories. And I think Cyborg's, um, like, origin is kind of evident on that. Um, But, yeah, I I think you can redistribute wealth. That's, like, an, an insane superpower. You can do so many good things, and he's just, like... I'm going to do it once. And then I'm going to like go like, back to sulking inside. I hate that. He's just getting started. Like he's been cyborg yeah. for like how long? And now he's just practicing his powers. Like I'm sure at some point he will try and do it in a larger scale, but he's at this point, he's like, okay, I'm going to practice. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to test my limits. on this one person in this one situation where he's right. going to see, I mean, okay, can I do this? And then he does do it. And I think if you do it at too large of a scale, it's at a point where he's going to get caught. He's going to get investigated. And I think you do it for like one person at a time here and there. That's something that could slip under the radar of the bank. So I think if he just goes out to this bucket, I'm going to get everybody a million dollars. Like, that's not going to last. The bank's going to be like, okay, give us our money back. This is not happening. But you slip it through the cracks one person at a time, you can you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's all those nukes, and you nuke the people trying to yeah. stop you. You have the yeah. ultimate powers. You're a god. You're but it's, it's, positioned, it's positioned in the movie as while he's listening to his dad's message of like kind of what he can do. So it, it is showing him how he had tested all his powers. Yeah. You basically. Like this so, whole fighting a bear scene. That's really bad. I mean, yeah, that it's very, it's very Zack Snyder style. If you don't like his style, you're not going to like that, but yeah, you literally have a bull market rep- and a bear market representation of the stock market. Like, okay, I, I get it. That's, that's a little over dramatic, but it's fine. It works for me enough. Like, I feel like that's if you he's know. saying Superman fly for the first time and he's still struggling with it. He's like jumping a bit. He's not quite flying. And you're like, Superman can fly. He can do whatever he wants. He can fly into space. Why isn't he flying into space? And you're like, well, because he's Superman. He just started. He just got his powers. He can't do everything you can do. He's still yeah, but Superman's not redistributing wealth, all right? That's a common thing that can easily be like used. Like that's not something that you can't fucking understand. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just learning how to fly and I've never done that. Okay. But like, Birds you know how you're saying time. he has Birds before hacked an ATM. This dude doesn't pay attention, fucking econ. Um, All right, one thing like, I do want to go back to. I would have liked. Why wasn't it Bruce Wayne's money? It should have said something. I think that at least would have worked as like a funny joke, and I could have forgiven it. Like if it was like, oh, taken from Bruce Wayne's like personal savings and given to this yeah. person. I think that would have been funny, and I think that would have been. You could even do that as a way of Batman realizing who Cyborg is because he's like, who just hacked into my system like you could have had something along those lines and had that follow the plot but instead it's this throwaway scene and i think it's like a super important thing that like could have been cool and they just are like that's just a throwaway scene because we're not gonna 
you know, do it. But like I nitpick little things like that and they bug the shit out of me. So that's yeah, bugged you, me. Speaking, that, that is a very Johnny issue. Speaking of yeah. nitpicking, I went back to something Johnny said and it's been bothering me ever since because I fully agree with Johnny. So in that scene where Gotham City University, like where, you know, uh, Victor Stone is playing football, they're playing the University of Wisconsin, which unless it's an out of conference game, would be a Big Ten matchup, and and Gotham City University is usually like an East Coast team. So in my mind, they probably exist instead of Rutgers. Rutgers does not exist because Rutgers is in New, New Brunswick, yeah, New Jersey, sense. and they got killed. Well, yeah. So Ruck, Gotham City University exists, and Rutgers doesn't. Rutgers Stadium holds fifty-two thousand people. If his dad was not at that game. He would not notice. You wouldn't fucking see it. It's so dumb. I hate that in movies. They do that in a lot of sports movies, and it's so dumb yeah. in this one. So that to bugs be, me. To be to fair, fair, to be fair, as someone who's played sports in and then have played in like like at the Joe, uh, because of just you know tournaments and whatever. If you know where where a family, this is just to counteract a really random stump, dumb point. But if you know where someone is supposed to be sitting, you can from the ice or from the stands look up there. It's not hard. But not when but, it's fifty two thousand know. people. Yeah. No, you you can you know if you know like especially the families are gonna be near like the end zone. Like she, he knows okay, it's the home end zone. They're on this corner. They sit here every game. I'm gonna know where they are. I go see them I, after I the game that, every time. Like whatever. I think it that's, would have worked. A, like you don't need to have them see into the thing my problem like Zack Snyder is very on the nose with everything that's why you need like literally a three-minute exposition scene from Wonder Woman explaining what the mother boxes are um like you can't just kind of let people figure things out like show the empty seat next to the mom you don't need him actually looking up to it and then they're fighting in the car over arguing in the car and then she's like I'm gonna call your father and then they get hit but like any sort of subtlety Zack Snyder just sucks out of every scene so like like Tristan said, like, it's like if Superman started flying, like, he didn't do this in the movie, but every scene to me in this one felt like if Superman started flying, you would need to cut to someone and be like, wow, that's amazing. He can fly. Like, but you don't need that scene. Like, you just need the scene to kind of show you that. And, and I think this has kind of a lot of uh, little areas like that. Also, Wonder Woman learned what the mother boxes are from looking at, like, hieroglyphics on a wall and then knew, like, this whole crazy story. Like, Damn, that's wild. Those are some good-ass cave drawings. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit that I think the cyborg setup is a little bit of a mess, but I do think his arc overall is pretty effective. He thinks he's a kind of a monster. He thinks he doesn't have a place in the world, and by the mm. end he realizes, like, oh, I'm not broken. I'm not, like, some failed experiment. I'm a person with value. And, and, I, I, liked, and I liked that yeah. stuff. I think, the, I think the setup of how he became cyborg was dumb, but I think everything after that, I really liked his character. Um, so if they did, like... Like, again, like, I watched it, and I, I would have liked just, like, an origin story of Cyborg and kind of seen him on his own and do his thing, and then maybe I don't have the problem of, yeah, he's just starting off, so whatever, but I don't know. By the end of this movie, he's hacking into things and doing all the stuff with technology that he just grows so fast from it being, like, oh, he's new to this to being he's really doing everything that he possibly can and being, like, the strongest character he can. Same with The Flash. Like, you're just meeting the Flash, and then by the end of the movie, he's already doing what they do in Endgame. Like, Endgame took 20-something movies to set up them being able to go back in time and set up the universe and, you know, retract, like, these horrible things that have happened. And in this, it's like, you meet the Flash this, like, here, 
point A, and then point B is him running as fast as he can to revive Superman, and then point C is him running as fast as he can to reverse time to stop this horrible thing from the whole team dying. And it's just everything happens too fast. I don't need that all in one movie that's about a bunch of characters. Have, like, that one point that they get to. I don't need step two and step three and step four until they get into their final form all in the first Justice League movie. And I feel like they kind of did that. And I think that's more of a personal like preference of what you would do if you were kind of creating your version of this universe, because yes, this universe in general was, it moved at a very quick pace. It went from man of steel right to Batman V Superman. And they probably should have had realistically a man of steel two and a Batman movie. Then you should have had, like you can do that, but if you're going to do it the way they did it, um, I'm, I'm okay with that entire plot line of the flash. I think that that worked for me. Because he's basically establishing early in the movie, I know that when I run this fast, time does weird things, as he says, or whatever, however he says that. Time gets a little odd. So he's we, we know that he's been Flash enough. Because this version does not establish that Flash is like a rookie, like in the original one. Um, he's not. He has been the Flash for some time. He's been, been a vigilante. He's been working with his speed and his powers. He already has, you know, this crazy suit and everything. Um so he knows what his speed can do and he has rules. So that worked for me because I know the flash as a character. A lot of people know at least the general concept of him. So you can introduce that stuff and that works enough for me in this version. So, and I know Johnny's not on screen, but that's why that, that did work for me basically. Yeah. I want to bring that up too. I think what Marvel does differently is they had a lot of like B and C type characters. They don't necessarily know the powers of like you, you have to establish who Thor is and what his powers are. You have to kind of establish who Tony Stark is and what his role in the story is. I think DC is in a unique place. Like you have Superman, you have Batman. People know who those are. They're ingrained in culture enough that you don't have to really establish who they are. Even like the flash, he, people know him from pop culture. He runs fast. That's all you really got to figure out about the flash. I think Aquaman, people know Aquaman, even it's just from like, entourage and like memes yeah. and stuff like that people know oh he lives in atlantis he, he swims around he's strong like you don't need to get a lot of out of these characters you have to know like the general idea of who they are what their powers are what is a role in the story why do they need to be here and i think this movie especially in the action scenes towards the end lets you realize like all of these characters had to be here like they wouldn't have won if they didn't have one of these characters here they would have lost if flash wasn't there they would have lost if Wonder Woman wasn't there to hold off Stephen if they would have lost if Superman didn't show up at the end. I think every character there feels like a vital part of the story. Yeah, he's like, the only they didn't one. Do he didn't do anything. Water. Water. They, yeah, he just no. stabbed he kind of stops the water that one time when the when the uh, in the harbor little bat crawler is gonna is gonna climb up and he yeah, stops you know, he the water. Yeah, he saved the whole team. They would have been dead without him. Yeah, one time, but like for the most like it would have been if like he had been drowning Steppenwolf and then maybe not bad. And then, like, Wonder Woman cut his head off or whatever while he was drowning or some shit. But, like, yeah, Aquaman yeah. was just there to stab people with pitchforks and then just say, like, one-liners. Yeah, Aquaman and I actually, the, the one scene that Josh Whedon had in the original that I would have actually liked to be in this was the uh, Lasso of Truth scene. I thought that was a good little fun scene uh, with Aquaman and Wonder Woman where he starts just, like... Yeah talking and you realize the last of truth is on I thought that was that was that was, that was really funny but I don't think it fit this movie it fit a Joss Whedon movie. one person like the very on the nose thing maybe fit just as much in this and any of the flash lines like okay here's my thing too because I went out to grab a beer and Michael's sitting on the couch watching us and I asked him 
okay, Michael, what's like the one thing you need me to address for you? And this is what he told me, and I agree because we talked about this. The scene at the end, when the Flash is going back in time, right, is one of the worst scenes I think ever put to screen because (laughs) I don't need, because of the whole thing, get rid of Barry Allen fucking talking to himself. Every line that he said, Barry, you need to go fast. You need to break. You need to go faster than you've ever gone. Like, we know that. Like, you've set this up. You don't need to tell me that. It's just awful. The entire dialogue. Cut everything that Barry Allen actually says to himself in that scene. And I think it's done really well. I think visually it it works. But I think the dialogue in that scene is like, I was watching that and I was like, this is horrible. Everything that he's saying to himself is so dumb. Like, I'm not a moron. Like, you can't be like, okay, most people in the world know who The Flash is. First of all, that's not true at all. The Flash, I would say, isn't any more... They know that he goes fast. Iron Everyone... Man is, like, was when that universe was started. That's He's a very, very, very not true. Not that at all. True. Iron, the, Man, the Iron Man was... Iron Man was in the Avengers. Like, The Flash, people yeah. think maybe we, we are big into The Flash. They're comic book fans. But I would say that most people in the world maybe... Outside of, yeah, he can run fast, don't know anything about the character Barry Allen. Most people, if you say, what's the Flash's name, they don't know Barry Allen. Like, they don't know how he has powers, they don't know about his dad, they don't know anything about that stuff. So, you have this character that you're saying, we're going in with the assumption that people know who he is, but by the end of it, we have to do the scene assuming that no one understands what this character is, uh, is about to do. Like, it's just... The tonally, it's all over the place in terms of that. Like, yeah, okay, I can accept that you're going into it. And you'll know everything you need to know about the Flash, and we won't get too deep into his story. But then by the end of it, you need to hit this scene where he's like, "You gotta go fast. You gotta run. You gotta do this. You gotta." It's so dumb and bad. It doesn't fit. Like, it's kind of it. It takes away from the argument that you guys were making of people know who these characters are. Like, I'll address I, that and, and yeah, say like say, you, you can say I something think, interesting. <laughs> I think people know like the general idea. Oh, the Flash, he he runs fast, and I think this movie does a good job of saying like of what you said. People don't necessarily know who Barry Allen is, and I think this ex- establishes who Barry Allen as a character is in this universe, and I think it establishes like the limits of his powers. It establishes what like they give that voiceover at the end, not for people like us, for people who are know. Oh, the Flash is the guy who runs fast, but then that dialogue shows. He, like I said, was even earlier in the movie, like, oh, if I run too fast, time gets a little weird. And then it comes back again, like, oh, it's just that I'm finally breaking my one rule that I've said I wouldn't break. And if my dad could see me now, like, all that kind of stuff kind of pays off for people who know, oh, the Flash is a guy that runs fast. They don't necessarily know, like, the details of the Flash. And I think this does a good job of enhancing those details, enhancing the character, enhancing his powers. I'm going to prove it right now. I'm pretty sure my mom's in the chat, so I'm just going to ask her really quick. Uh, Mom? Why? What? Why is Barry Allen's dad in jail? That's that's a very that's key. Not... That's a very key point of the Flash's what backstory. We, but it's not what whole... we were saying. Yeah, that, no, but that's that a very is, key point of Barry Allen's the... backstory, and the whole reason he goes into criminal in justice. And it's the and they say it in the movie because that's not a very well known thing for the general pop they culture. They say it once in the movie, but yeah, like. Yes, I remember they do. when I watched they it, the black once, and white yeah, version. I do. was thinking I couldn't remember them saying that. So they 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 he, do he it. He has one twice. throwaway line that is like, "You're in prison for killing mom," which I don't. Yeah, think you're she says she for. doesn't remember, but I didn't. When I asked her, I didn't really think they. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, no, my, so, my thing is this: people, the Flash isn't some 
super, super popular character. He's been around for a long time. He's in a lot of the Justice League stuff, but like the Flash comics aren't huge. Like they, he was never put to screen because people didn't know necessarily know about how to do um, super speed. But he was also not put to screen because you have Batman, you have Superman, you have Aquaman, you have Wonder Woman. Those are all far more um, famous DC characters. The Flash is maybe in the top 10, like nowadays, definitely, because he was in this and the show, I think, really helped. But if you get rid of the Flash show, I think the majority of people, like the general audience going to this movie don't really know anything about the Flash other than he can run fast. But that's like going into a Batman movie. No one goes into a Batman movie not knowing, okay, his parents are dead. Like, it, it'd be like going into a Batman movie only knowing, oh, he dresses like a bat. That's the only thing I know about him. That's what I think a lot of people know about The Flash. Like, he runs fast. He wears a red suit. Like, they don't know anything of his origin. They don't know how he got his powers. They don't know this stuff. So I think you do need to address that, like, in your movie a little better. And I don't think they did that in this. Like, yeah, we all know who he is, so we don't need that. But Zack Snyder, like, you're making a Justice League movie. At some point, you got to make a movie for every single person. Like, and I don't think he really does it. He hints at these things. It's like why Batman v Superman having the Flash come back in time and warn Batman in that awful scene um, didn't make sense to like the majority of people. Like, we got it. Like, okay, it's a reference to like Injustice. Superman's bad. Okay, but like most people don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I think that has to do with like a lot of Zack Snyder's points in this. And I think that's why a lot of his this like this universe doesn't work for the majority of people because if you're not familiar with these characters, I can't imagine that you watch this and you know much about them. Like Bobby said, Jen watched and she liked it, but I, I don't think most people have that experience. I really don't. Yeah. I'm so it, it's interesting with the, the whole flash. I mean, that whole conversation is um, basically coming up because of an argument that we made that we were addressing a whole different point that Johnny was making. Uh, so it went down a whole big rabbit hole, but um, the thing with the flash with the voiceover to get to that specifically, um, again, it's more of did it work for you or did it not? But I think it plays into what they did with the flash in the movie. I think it is paying off um, kind of how they established his character and what he as like what he has said that he struggled with in the movie with his dad and with trying to be, um, the best that he can be and everything and have his dad kind of accept him as that um, and that he's not wasting his life. What, what, what so, does like, that have to do with his dad? That's, I, I mean, he literally says it out loud. He literally says it. He says it out loud and it's dumb. It's yeah, not but like, his, Also, his dad can't hear him, so like... Yeah, his dad doesn't know. Right. So like, like he's, I, I, I'm with Johnny on this scene. I think, the, I think the dialogue is bad because he's like talking to his dad and the only reason he would is he's like saying, "Oh, Dad, don't worry, I was like a good person." But his dad can't hear him. So, like, who is he talking to? And his dad never doubts him once in the movie. It's not like he's going to visit his dad, and his dad is like, "I'm so disappointed that you're not doing things." Like his dad he is kind of, fully he, supportive. Of him. No, he, he kind of does. does do that. He definitely does do that. <laughs> I don't think so. When, yeah, like, he does. If he does, it's not very memorable. You guys have actually rewatched no, it, but I didn't ever get I, that. The, so movie. the very first watch, I got that whole point. I mean, that's like so. Maybe you don't like the voiceover. You think it's corny. Like that's fine. But as far as like. They, it is actually trying to complete a story. Whether you like that or not, that's fine. Whether you think it worked or not. But he goes to his dad, and basically his dad's like, oh, well, you're getting another of these side jobs. Why are you wasting your life? Why are you trying to go into criminal justice just to get me out? Stop wasting your life and 
like be you, be the best you can be and stop doing what you're doing. So he's trying to say what I'm doing is right. What I'm doing is working. You know, it, I, I well, am. That the conversation is about like him getting a job. That, yeah, but that conversation also implies that his dad out. has like faith in him and believes in him. It's not like his dad's like, you're yeah. fucking like, bro. Right. He's like, yeah, you're, you're a failure. Dad is more saying, you I'm are a good person. You are better than the life you're living. And then at yeah. the end, he's like, Dad, I'm a good person. I'm living a good life. It's like, yeah, his dad yeah, already he should knows. Be doing that to himself, he's saying, not to he his says, I'm, I'm one of the best of them, as in, like, I'm already doing the best. I'm doing the best thing. I'm I'm with these, the best. Like, that's what they're trying to get at. If that doesn't work, that's fine. But, like, um, to me, I got it. I got the point, And it, it worked enough. Like, okay, the, the path that I am taking, that I want to take. It's like your parents saying you should be a doctor and you don't and you want to be an, a musician or an artist or whatever. So he's saying what I'm doing, which right now is being a speedster vigilante and trying to get you out of prison, is me being the best I can be, and I saved the world because of it. And I'm with, just know that I was part of this that saved everything or that was fighting with the best of the best. That's what he's trying to get at. If it doesn't work for you, that's fine. It doesn't. I, I just think there's just ways to improve on the story that like could have really fleshed out some of those scenes better if you focused on them. Like I said, like Superman doesn't come into this movie for two and a half hours. So what they could have done is the first justice league movie is Batman recruiting the team. And the plan is to revive Superman. And the last fight you get is Superman coming back and fighting them. And he doesn't turn good. And then the movie ends with Superman. Maybe he goes off with Lois at the end and that's your ending of the movie, but the team is kind of torn apart. Then you have the next movie of, you get a full movie of Superman. You get a little more fleshed out scene of him talking to Lois and becoming himself again. You have, then you introduce Steppenwolf and stuff. And I think you could have done that because then at least at the end of one full movie, the Flash does something he's never done before. He runs faster than he ever has before to be able to revive Superman. But like, I don't think it works when you do that twice in the same movie. It takes away the stakes. Like, oh, we've already seen him do something he's never done, and now he's doing something that he's never done, like, not even two hours later. I think that's why that scene does kind of fail, ultimately, also, because it's just, like, we don't need to see... How many other... Are there any other superhero movies that you can point to that, like, has that one big moment of them overcoming something, and then you have, like, two hours left of the movie, and then they have to do the same thing again well, at the end? Are- don't most don't have two extra hours, you know. And that's right. my thing. Or like, yeah. just like, but, it'd be like, it's like, I, I don't know. To me, it reminded me. Okay, at the end of the first Iron Man movie, he defeats um, Jeff Bridges by throw yeah. by oh flying God. up super oh high, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he flies up high, and then he kind of freezes, and the thing fails. Imagine if that scene was done exactly the same way an hour before that, halfway through the movie, and then at the end, he just flies a little bit higher. That's what it felt like, and it was like, you take away any, like, cool, like, aspect of the character by doing that twice in the same To me, it played more like a, to me, it played more like a tease, because he, like, it, it was more of, look, I know if I go too fast, time does this, and by him saying, like, like, you know, Batman, because what you're pointing at is him saying you have to run faster than you've ever run, type of thing twice but um right <laughs> but but what he but what flash says as a response more of his dialogue is more of i don't want to go that fast because of this rule and because i know what can happen 
Um, and it's and like the 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 way he can run in, I don't think it's played up to be this big major how fast he can go in the reviving Superman's scene. It's more of all right. Do you have another? I want him to tell him that. Like that's yeah, what Batman but, says to him, and then he makes a big deal of it, and then that's the whole scene. I don't and think, they, I don't think they made, the thing. To me, it didn't. They didn't make that big of a deal of like this is so amazingly right, fast. We've been talking like, about Flash. Crazy thing. Yeah, we've been doing a Flash yeah, a lot. But about, basically, I, I, want, I want to move on to my yeah. least favorite aspect of this movie, and Let's that is the Martian Manhunter. Every scene with the Martian Manhunter could have been cut, and this that's, movie would have that's been mine too. Would have been far better off. So first you have the ruined scene between Martha and Lois, which is a great scene. And then it turns out... It's not her. Because that's the thing, is the relationship with General Swanick or Swanick or whatever, like, you could have just had that scene with him and Lois, and like, because they still have a certain level of a relationship that I felt like the scene would have still worked, of like, General Swanick could have shown up, talked to Lois, and be like, the world's still, you know the world still needs Lois Lane, like, you need to get back to work, blah, blah, blah. And then he walks through the doorway and turns into Martian Manhunter. And the scene works better. And then also, like, the scene at the end where Martian Manhunter shows up, he's like, hey, you know, if you ever need me, I'm around. And it's like, well, we fucking needed you yesterday, bro, and you were just... Yeah, where where were you then, So he was there before the big fight, and he was there after the fight. So I have to imagine he was on Earth during the fight, and he was just hanging out, not helping. I call it the, you know, the Yoda effect and, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Luke flies away to go fight Vader and Yoda's just chilling on Dagobah like, all right, have fun. I could totally go with you and help. I'm just not going to for no reason. Like, why, I will like, admit why that does I... he not just go help? And that's my, my theory on this is I think that post credit scene was supposed to be Green Lantern. It was. And I think that it was, that that's is not a theory. True. That's, that's, that's true. right. So, Quick backstory before you get into it. Uh, Zack Snyder wanted to include um, Jon Stewart's Green Lantern in this movie. The studio told him no. He said, you cannot use him because we want to do the Lantern Corps movie. Yeah, Yeah, the the Lantern Corps movie. So instead, he did Martian Manhunter. In the theatrical release, I doubt that he would have been martha i think that was a reshoot to just include him earlier in the movie for the fans and then at the end that's my big i have i have a problem with that too for the I, same I, reason okay joe has a problem with it after the fight if he's like yeah. hey heard about the fight i'm here now yes. you need me i'm like cool i'm fine with it but the fact that he yeah, was on earth martha. during the fight versus steppenwolf as batman going around gathering heroes and yeah. knows about it and it's just like nah i'm not gonna help out is yeah i have yeah. the same problem i think his appearance in the martha scene <laughs> Not that Martha scene, but there is a Martha scene. He shows up, and I think that kind of devalued the scene. I think it was a really good scene, really well performed. And I think having it turn out to be Martian Manhunter really like undercuts the emotion of that scene, and I wish that it wasn't in there. I think it would have been a lot better if he just showed up in the epilogue and he was like, man, I heard about this fight with Steppenwolf, and I decided that I have to come back now, so I'm here for you guys if you need me. I think... I don't really care about like, oh, he was there. Why wasn't he helping? I feel like I care more about the fact that it undercuts a lot of the emotion of that Martha and Lois scene where you have that really well-developed relationship between two female characters. And I think Snyder's biggest weak point is that he doesn't necessarily do his female characters all that well. So as I was watching this Martha and Lois scene, I was thinking, oh, cool. We get this like complex like emotionally investing scene between two female center characters and then it turns out no actually one of them is martian manhunter and i don't even understand like why 
He had to be Martha in that scene. He could have, like you said, easily just been General Swarnick or whatever his name is and had that scene with him and uh, Lois. I just think that that really undercuts a lot of the emotion. But I do, I like him showing up at the end. I think that's a cool tease for like what Justice League 2 could have been. Yeah, I agree with that. That that is a like a moment I had it written down as one of my worst moments because the first time I watched it, I'm like, whoa, it's Martian Manhunter. But then I was like, that ruins that whole scene. Like, you know, it does. It, yeah, it, that that's horrible. Like yeah, that would eyes... not have that, that would not have happened in the theatrical cut. Basically, when his eyes were red, I was like, on that version we're talking about, and it was shitty. Yeah, that that I didn't like. I did like him showing up at the end. That was fine. Like, but I didn't like him being Martha. Why do you just now? Now it's just clowns. <laughs> yeah, Pennywise <laughs> is a great DC character. <laughs> could Pennywise be. could become Joker. Penny, Pennywise appearance. is Martian Manhunter. Yeah, we can have Lego versions fighting each other. I'm just going to assume every side character now in in Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman, every side character is Martian Manhunter. Just like showing up. I mean, that's been a theory for a long time that Swanick has been Martian Manhunter this whole time. That was actually like his plan was for he told the actor that he's like you're going to be Martian Manhunter sometime after Man of Steel, not like during Man of Steel, but like his idea going into Batman v Superman was like you're going to be Martian Manhunter. So. He wanted to include him. That was like a for the fans. It doesn't work. Not at but all. I, but it worked in the end. Like his one scene didn't work and his second scene worked for me. So yeah. it's like, whatever, that's And fine. his second scene didn't work for me because of the first scene. Where if there was no first scene, then I would be all about the second scene. I do have to say yeah. that Ben Affleck did. I also don't great. like how he looked. Yeah, like I said, all of the bad CG looks way better in the black and white version for some reason. Yeah. I don't really know why, but and and again, that that's part of the CG they had to do in the redone yeah. thing. Partial. I thought he looked, I thought he looked fine. Like I, I he looked CG, but I thought he looked fine. I like I, I forget CG like a little more. I don't like the the little things on his face. I think those look no. bad. I thought that looked fine. He looks fine. like a Star Trek character. He didn't look like Martian Manhunter. Yeah, Martian Manhunter is in Supergirl, and he doesn't look. Too different from the Supergirl Martian Manhunter on literally yeah. CBS. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just basically want with that like design, but I don't know. I, I like the design of Martian Manhunter in the cartoons, and this one just kind of felt like a dull, like a very bland version of that. That's just like feels like any other alien character. So yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, me and uh, we talked. Me and Bobby and Tristan talked about this after our non-spoiler review after we went off air. Uh, like about the final scene where he was like oh i go by many names and i'm like okay that's how they're gonna get around calling him martian Martian Hunter, which is a name that really doesn't make sense and also when you want to appease a human male being like hey my name is martian manhunter probably not the way to go and then he says at the end oh you can call me martian manhunter if i was bruce i'd be like yeah i'm never gonna contact that guy well it's like it's like Zack snyder's thing of you you have to come out and say everything you can't let the audience just figure it out you have to say martian manhunter you can't just say you can't leave it as people call me many names and then he flies off because Zack Snyder doesn't want anyone to be like who was that like you need to have the character name in there it's the same problem that I have with a lot of the scenes in this movie that we talked about and it's just like a Snyder problem that I think that's why like you need some subtlety in that scene martian manhunter don't ever refer to him as that name like you don't ever need to. Maybe like, maybe after he helps the team, you have someone come from like a distant land, and he thinks Martian Manhunter is a villain, and it's like we call him Martian Manhunter. 
because he hunted us. Like he took out my people. Like you can introduce that later, but like, I don't know why he would ever. Yeah. Like why would he introduce himself to a man as yeah, they call me Martian Manhunter. No big deal. I'm here to help. I, I have like the most villainous name of all time, but like, I'm a good guy. Like it'd be like yeah. Two-Face being like, you can trust me. They call me Two-Face. And you're like, um, I don't believe you. <laughs> No, I didn't like I didn't like that line either. Like again, like it's one of those things like I said I love the movie, but I can forgive its couple like its flaws that I see and a lot of the moments it's more like it's just a moment where it passed very quickly. It's like, well that was dumb. All right, next thing. And to me, and it, it was you just know, moment after moment after yeah. moment. And it was and it was only very few for me. It was like both things with Martian Manhunter. It's it's I didn't like him as Martha and I didn't like that line, but I liked him showing up. I liked the scene with Bruce. So that, that worked and that was good. Like I liked seeing him. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really defend that one. That's, that's not a great line. Oh, and Is that Martian Manhunter? No. Buddy Christ. That's Martian yeah. Manhunter. He was Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do have... Jesus shows up to like the apostles. He's like, they call me Martian yeah. Manhunter. They're yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> They're like, wait, we're going to follow this guy? He's an alien and he kills people? <laughs> yeah, we have a live comment from Michael. He says, wish Affleck kept his Boston accent for the Snyderverse. My boy Cyborg's wicked smart. <laughs> he is wicked That'd be smart. pretty great. I feel like Ben Affleck looks really good in that last scene, too. I was it trying really to say shot that, that Way later, it was a reshot, but I was like, congrats, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. You're really looking good in here. You lost that weight, looking clean. Still yeah, that shitty. For you. I, he looks a lot better. I, I think it was a little unnecessary to have that scene where he takes a cardboard cutout of Lois Lane and throws it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get that reference? <laughs> Just rock bottom. Yeah. Bruce Wayne. No. <laughs> uh, but then I mean we're... at least he helped that basketball team. Alright, so we're kind of cool. we're kind of devolving now. So is are there like points that we want to specifically bring up? Because overall it's just how you felt about the movie. Like, all right, how about this? Um who out of you and I know I know Tristan's answer, I probably know Johnny's answer, but would you be interested if it was at all possible for them to continue this story in any form, whether it's animated, comics, and more movies on HBO Max, would you want to see where this yeah. goes? Yes. I mean, because you kinda said Tristan and Johnny said well, I'll just answer and I'll basically yeah, you say go and... they've kind of I feel like the DC animated universe that started with like Batman or like the Superman animated show and Batman, the animated series and, you know, like justice league television show, that whole connected universe has kind of run its course. I don't know if it's fully over. They kind of go back to it every now and then and be like, Oh, this movie animated movie is in that universe. I'd love if they were like on HBO max. It's like, Hey, here's a 90 minute animated movie executive produced by Zack Snyder. That's like in his, DC EU, and it's like and that's kind of how this continues it's just like so, animated yeah. movies or maybe an animated show just on hbo max that can be more i don't want to say like hard r or anything but like a pg-13 kind of show yeah and i'm i'm all or for that. that i'd be because so if it was at all possible i would like to see that i would like to actually see the live action versions but i don't think that's like a reality at all so my my best version other than that is animated um and i would like to see it because i'm curious to see if the story turns out to be something that i would have been interested in um because his ideas sound 
kind of bizarre and it's like hit or miss. Zack Snyder is hit or miss for me and I'd like to see if it hit because when it hits, I really do enjoy it. Um, so Johnny, I know you were, you were, you weren't, you didn't hate this movie and you didn't love this movie, but would you want to see at least where the story went? I, I wouldn't be mad about it. I, I think I don't, I would never watch it if they were like, here's Zack Snyder's animated Justice League. I just would never care to see it. Um, but if they did another live action one and they were like, whatever, we're doing a dark side movie, like, and it's four hours again, like I'll put time aside to watch it, even if I won't enjoy it much. Like I would actually be interested to see it just because it's something else that we're not seeing. And I think if you do that, you can at least satisfy all the crazy Snyderverse people like Tristan happy. Um, and then you could just do your own things in the movies. I'd be okay with it as long as you are doing the movies right that are actually put on the screen, like coming to theater, if you just have Zack Snyder have control over HBO Max. Like, what does it affect me if it gets put on HBO Max and I can watch it on my own time? If I don't have to waste my time going to a movie theater to see it, like, yeah, that's fine with me. You know, if it came to a theater, I probably wouldn't even bother with it. But if it was on a streaming service, I'd find I'd find some time to, to check it out. Um, mainly because I feel like it's just something that's going to be talked about online and talked about with you guys. And I would just want to be part of the, the conversation about it. So I would watch it. Like if I had never seen Batman versus Superman, I would have watched the extended cut, but I just can't get myself to ever see that shit again. Cause it just, I, I can't imagine even like if you improve upon some scenes, that movie is never going to work for me. This movie was way better than that. This movie was more put together it had some moments that i thought were bad but in a more entertaining way like i joke about like like i talked about the moments i didn't like but it was more of me thinking they were laughably bad and i enjoyed that like i, I had some fun with with the scene i had fun picturing cyborg being like mom can't drive dad your <laughs> fault like i thought that was funny and i laughed at you know the joke that i made to myself in my head but it was never like a mark the moment where it was like yeah. now sure that's mean and there's some funny things but at the time it was just like i felt like rock bottom as like a superhero fan i was like what am i watching and there was nothing in that like like that in this like i just like watching it being like why is there so much slow motion like this is wild that this is allowed to happen is more fun than some of the other things so yeah, if they made a dark side movie, I would be interested in seeing what he ruined, uh, how he ruins injustice. Like that would be funny to me. Like if he put that on screen, but I otherwise, because I don't know if we'll ever get like an actual injustice story. But yeah, have Zack Snyder shit all over it. But like I'll watch it, and you can have some weird scenes where Batman, you know, at the end slits the Joker's throat. Like whatever, you know. Like give me some weird shit at this point, and I'll I'll at least check it out. All right, Johnny, with some backhanded compliments. So, Tristan. That's <laughs> about all I got for this. <laughs> Look, I'll be the first to admit that this movie is definitely not for everyone. I wouldn't even think, like, this Snyderverse is for, like, most people. I think it's very much Zack Snyder going all out in his style and his way of storytelling. And that works for me. It works for some people. But I'm not going to, like, expect everyone to like that. You know, I when people, like, Johnny, you give a bunch of criticisms. And for pretty much all of them, I'm like, yeah, I see why you would feel that way. And I understand, like, why you would why you had those criticisms in the movie and if I don't even if I don't necessarily like had the same criticisms so with that being said I I definitely feel like with that there's no room for this in like a theatrical release I don't think you give Zack Snyder like hundreds of millions of dollars and say okay go make Justice League 2 for like 300 million dollars and put it in theaters I think just say HBO, give him the money 
Yes, I work in Hack Warner Brothers and then make the Spider-Verse happen. You yeah, know? it'd be perfect. Yeah. But I do think HBO Max had a huge hit with this. I think they didn't expect it to be such a big hit. And it, it hit a lot harder than they thought it would. It had a huge impact on their user base, a huge impact on like their active users who are watching and using the service. So I think the future for this could be on HBO Max. I think, you know, we talked about Ben Affleck looking good as it finally out of rehab. And I think give him a like a Batman miniseries. He was like a six-episode thing. Ben Affleck comes back as Batman, fights Deadshot, and maybe that's like the last you see of Batman is Ben Affleck. And maybe you get oh. like some HBO Max content out of this. I think that's the best direction. If I was Warner Brothers, I would say, okay, sort of like how Disney's doing it. They have like the Marvel movies and they have like the Disney Plus universe on the other side of it. So I think you could have like the HBO Max version of DC stuff is like the Snyder inspired kind of movies. And you have like the Ben Affleck story, you have the Deadshot story, you have stuff that uh, even if you leave like, oh, let's bring David Ayer back and have him do like a Joker miniseries, whatever they want to do, just yeah, that could be something no, interesting. No, bad idea. Bad no, idea. No, bad, <laughs> bad, Tristan. Okay, real quick, because Tristan mentioned it. We haven't talked about what's wild to me about the Joss Whedon thing is, okay, whatever. He reshoots 90% of the movie, basically, whatever he did. And, like, okay, you have, like, you can see that in, you have um, Superman come back with no shirt, and he, basically, you have the same scene, but we didn't completely reshot it, so the entire scene is the fake mustache uh, CGI. Well, but in this one, it's the didn't... actual scene, which is weird. But, like, you don't have it in, like, the head-turning scene is actually just, like, what Snyder cut. But if you watch that scene in Whedon's, like, that clearly, he either just reshot that basically entire scene or took things that they cut away from this because while it's similar, it's completely different. And the other thing he did with that was... The post-credit scene of Deadshot talking to Lex, it's the same scene, but completely different dialogue. So they just took, basically, like, we didn't, didn't shoot that scene. That was Zack Snyder's scene. But instead of pulling, like, the most interesting dialogue, he just pulled, like, the second or third takes or whatever. Like, that's just wild to me that, like, that wasn't just something we didn't shot. Like, that was Zack Snyder's thing, but he used all different dialogue, I think is kind of wild. Yeah, I definitely think this feels more consistent. You mentioned like all oh, that kind of weird, like almost whiplash. Like you're going from like a cool Snyder scene to like, well, I think it's cool. But you're going from that to like a Whedon scene. And no matter how you feel about Zack Snyder stuff, I feel like when you watch the original Cut of Justice League, you can feel that tonal whiplash. You can feel like the styles don't quite line up. And I think the best positive for this is that it feels consistent with the rest of the universe. And it feels like it... it isn't just this reactionary response from a studio a little to like just giving people what they think they want and, and clearly it didn't work. So I think this works a little bit better just because it feels like it fits within the universe. And I mentioned, I think HBO Max is the way to go. I think you keep this totally separate from what they're doing in the movies. They have it. They're starting to slowly but surely get their movies back together. Shazam was well-received. I think the new Suicide Squad is going to be pretty well-received. I think they don't want to risk that by messing with it and bringing in all this Snyder stuff. I think uh, Flash is going to come out. They basically confirm it's going to be a Flashpoint type thing. Ben Affleck is going to be in it. Michael Keaton might be in it. And I think that's the way to go. Like you have that way of in that movie, you can sort of lock away the Snyderverse and have it be this totally separate thing that doesn't even affect the movie universe. And you can have mm -hmm. that go on with HBO Max once in a while. People want the Ben Affleck Batman movie bad, but I think the best way to do it is just give them that miniseries. And I think keeping these universes separate is definitely the way to go i'm not the person who's going to be like cancel 
everything in the DCEU and just keep letting Snyder do his thing. I think maybe let Snyder do his thing on HBO Max, but yeah. I green think DC Garrett has their green. shit together yeah. finally. So let's not mess with that. Bobby was trying to say something, but he was freezing a little bit. So Bobby, try to say whatever you were going to chime in on see if it can come through. Yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me now? Because I, I can see myself yeah. cutting out. But So basically... Uh, what Joss Whedon did for a lot of those scenes, like the Superman coming back scene, is shoot little insert shot. Oh, okay. Yeah, cut out so insert shots. And then what he was going to say is he was going to shoot at some insert shots and uh, reshooting a lot of the close-ups, like when you see uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, talking with Deadshot. The wide shots are probably Zack Snyder, but they wanted to change it up. They didn't want to set up the Ben Affleck movie anymore because that wasn't probably going to happen. They wanted the they had... They, it gave Jesse Eisenberg new dialogue, maybe use some ADR to kind of change the dialogue of that scene. So it's kind of very interesting. I feel like whether you know, or not you like it, it's just a fascinating way to watch these two different directors taking on this two, this almost the same script, but just in totally different ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there any scene or anything like in this one that we didn't get to that you guys wanted to kind of talk about? I feel like we addressed... A lot of the characters, um, for the most part, I thought Alfred. That... Alfred was a boss. I loved Alfred. I like that line where Bruce Wayne introduces Alfred. He's like, "This is Alfred. I work for him." Yeah, that was <laughs> like that little that little line just establishes the relationship pretty well. Yeah, I I think that overall, like Ben Affleck doesn't work at all for me as Batman, but I think he's good Bruce Wayne when he's talking to Alfred. That's the only time I'm like, I get what they were going for with this character. Otherwise, I think especially because you have such high stakes in this movie that Batman just feels pointless. Like I hate all the scenes of Batman with like the alien gun shooting things. I think it's terrible um, and takes me out of it. It doesn't seem like very Batman, but I think him talking to Alfred is the only thing that I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, But I like them together. Um, I also liked in the, towards the beginning when they're on Themyscira and Steppenwolf finally shows up in his first scene and, he says something, oh, I feast on your fear or I smell your fear or whatever it is. And then Hippolyta has that line where she's like, Amazons, show him your fear. And they like simultaneously say, we have no fear. It felt very badass. I like that that Steppenwolf's introductions are kind of, you see that he's very much like a big villain. I think he's fighting against the Amazons. We didn't talk too much about like that moment, but I think, sure, it has a lot of slow-mo, but I think it's very cool. I think it gives them something to do and I think it really establishes Steppenwolf as like a threat that he could take on all of these Amazons, even though they put up a they put up a fight. Like in the Whedon version they just kinda get wrecked instantly. And I think in this they put up a fight, but ultimately it's like nothing compared to Steppenwolf. So I really like that introduction of him. Uh, also I think I remember this being kind of discussed when the first like the Whedon version came out, but are the Amazonians wearing like way less clothes in this than they are in uh, Wonder Woman? I know that was I the thing, but are. I don't remember. I don't remember how much clothing they're wearing in comparison. I can't. Remember. I watched Wonder Woman once, and I never rewatched it, even though I liked it. But I feel like in that they at least don't all have exposed chest and short skirts. What if and that was a Josh Whedon thing that Zack Snyder got yelled at for? I feel like it's just <laughs> having seen Three Hundred. I think it's a Zack Snyder thing because he also has all the scenes of Aquaman taking off his shirt and really focusing on that. Which oh, okay. So Aquaman rescues the guy in the boat, right? And he doesn't have a shirt on. And then he comes to land and he has a shirt on. And then he takes his shirt off before he goes back in the, in the ocean. 
Where is he getting all these shirts? Does he just have like a bin of shirts? Sure. Somewhere. Like, does he just locker, keep man. shirts and clothes all over? And why doesn't he take I his like, boots off? I like Davy Jones' locker as an answer. Look, there we go. Yeah, Davy Jones' locker. It's literally a locker full of Aquaman's clothing because yep. he just he just throws and it he just throws it away off to the side, and then people smell it and, and keep it and sing about it. Sing but songs, like, you know. Yeah, it's very that I thought was very funny too. Uh, just like man, every time he like he has to be shirtless, and then he has to have a shirt on on land, and then he has to be shirtless when he goes back into the sea. And I don't know where he's getting these clothes. Yeah, if if I can get a point before my internet uh, goes out, nice. um, yeah, I I liked overall as a thing that I didn't mention, Darkseid's presence and how that affected Steppenwolf as a character, um, instead of just him being a weird crazy guy that says mother to everything. In the first one, he. He should have said Martha instead of Mother. Yeah. What Martha if boxes. Mar- Martha boxes? <laughs> Martha boxes. Yeah, but basically he's just he's trying to be back in the good graces of of Dark Side, and I think that kind of presence yeah. helped the movie, and I, I enjoyed that for sure. But here's my thing, and I, I mentioned this, but we never really discussed it, so I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Why? Uh, okay, Dark Side should remember. Because they mentioned that he's taken over 10,000 planets. This is the one planet he's ever failed at taking, right? And that's also... He just he just forgets that, which is wild. And then Steppenwolf just happens to come across it. Steppenwolf's whole motivation was killed when they revealed that, like, he just kind of found this out. I think it would have been a really cool character point of this is the planet that Darkseid could not have taken or didn't uh, failed at taking, I'm going to do it to earn his good graces. So all of that, what Bobby mentioned of the good graces, completely failed to me because it was just dark side forgetting. And they're just like, even if you take Earth, like you still have a long way to go. Like, because they don't know what Earth is. But like, he mentions there's no more Kryptonian. He mentions there's no Lantern. Like, they know about the planet. So why wouldn't they know that this is the planet that Darkseid had been to before? That so was a this- huge issue to me. The, the point was it was supposed to be, and this is a wishy-washy, like, I, I think they would have had to describe this better in the next couple movies. Yeah, he hung out again. I'll admit, though, that's something that didn't work mm-hmm. for me either. I think uh, it doesn't really make sense to me that Darkseid would totally forget about Earth and totally forget, like, oh, that's a planet I couldn't take. I think it makes a lot more sense if he had, the, had Earth on his, like, vision board or something he's like oh here's the one planet i want to take back and steppenwolf comes and he's like oh i'm gonna prove myself by taking back that planet i think when you think about it too much a lot of that villain plot just starts to fall apart and i'm sure they would get into it more in the sequels but like this is a movie that still has to work on its own and i think some of that stuff doesn't necessarily work here and also, it's the one planet with the anti-life equation that Darkseid's been looking for this whole time, and he knew it had it. But he then. knew about it. He knew about it back then. So, how, like, that's the one planet he never would have forgotten about. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Darkseid knows, like, he should have known about Earth, but had never dared to, you know, take it over again. And then Steppenwolf takes on the mission because he's like, because he failed Darkseid, he betrayed him, and he wants to earn his good graces back he's going to go do the go take over the planet that dark side always failed at and and i feel like that could make dark side's motivation to come to earth and the next one better because steppenwolf came close 
And Darkseid's like, well, if that guy could do it, I'm going to go back to Earth and, like, get revenge on them. Yeah, and I think they give that enough of an explanation initially. Like, they overcomplicate it by adding in a lot of stuff they didn't necessarily need to in Darkseid's thing. Like, you could have already had it like, oh, Superman finally dies, and now finally Earth's not protected. Finally, Earth is open and vulnerable for attack, and now they're going to attack. You know, the Amazonians have fallen, the Olympus, I mean, not Olympus has fallen, but Atlantis <laughs> has fallen, and these united, like, That's defenders of Earth are, are now shattered, and I think that is enough of a motivation to get Sephimuth there. I don't think he needed all of this, oh, Darkseid was here, and he lost, and now he's, like, always wanted to take it back, but he some reason forgot about Earth, and this gets overly complicated, but I know uh, Bobby had some kind of explanation for it, so I would like to hear that if I can try to talk, but basically that's one thing that didn't like, it didn't fully work, but I needed more explanation essentially. But they, he, it's like thousands of years ago. He had this one planet that didn't, that he couldn't quite take over. Um, and it was kind of. Oh, he cut out again. Damn. Bobby's getting like half his point. Yeah, I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to like type it too, but like, yeah, Basically, he didn't know the anti-life equation was there. They did establish that. Oh, okay. um, and, did they? And, yeah, they did. Because Steppenwolf says, it's here, it's on, it's on. Okay, but here's like, what the fuck is the anti-life equation? Yeah, because they, I mean, if you read the comics, you know what it is. But, like, they don't set it up at all in the movie. And I had to Google it to, like, reconfirm. Basically, it's this weird comic book thing that, like, once you, like, know what it is, you realize that life is... Uh, pointless, and you basically forces you to like somebody else's will. Of just to, it basically, it basically like, is the reason he could make. So it's what makes Superman go evil. But like, based on this movie, other than them saying the anti-life equation, it just seems like it's the thing that Darkseid, when Darkseid smashes his uh, sword or whatever on the ground, and then all of the, um, like the design comes in like with the magma and stuff that to me seems like whatever the anti-life equation is that's what it is so dark side knew that's what it was because the only reason steppenwolf knows that the anti-life equation is there is because he reenacts what dark side did by smashing the ground with his axe and then those same markings appear the markings yeah. are what they set up as the anti-life equation so dark side knew that it was there can, because can he I, seemed to I... do that and I try to get my like what I was trying to say in pieces. All right, so it didn't fully work, but the idea was that it was a very insignificant planet that fought back that he never. Well, there's the piece. Awesome. All right, try he again. Was very, okay, he was very. Never mind. Okay. This really doesn't want Bobby to explain it, and I think that means that the world knows that. There's no actual explanation. It, it's it's just not a great written. explanation. And I was trying to say what he was going for, but that is one thing that didn't. Anti-life is one thing I'm willing to kind of shrug off because I feel like that was something they would have explained a lot more in the sequels. Like you just established like, oh, what's this anti-life equation thing? I wonder what that is. And then in, in the second one you get, I, w- I hope you get a lot more of, of what yeah, that actually what is. It is. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, they're, what he's trying to go for is he's heavily wounded from this fatal attack, based, almost fatal attack, and he wasn't fully... 
Yeah, the universe just yeah. doesn't want Bobby to talk about Dark Side. Yeah, Bobby, you're not allowed to defend this. I'm not. Um, I'm not allowed at all. And and, no. it, and I'm not even trying to fully defend it. I'm just trying to explain what he was going for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not allowed to do that either. Because that seems to be everyone's defense to me. Anytime I mention something bad, Zack Snyder does. They go, "Well, this is what he intended," and I'm like, "Well, it didn't fucking come across that way." That's how I feel about yeah. all of his movies. That's like, yeah, like people defending the Martha scene of like, well, he intended it to be like the name just snaps Batman back. Like, look up, look up John Campia defending that scene, and it's all nonsense bullshit. But like, that is the people that are like, well, this is it's just people giving Snyder too much credit, and I feel like that's what people like to do, and I don't get it. Like, I do not get what Zack Snyder has done to earn that from people, but. Apparently, people like to defend Zack Snyder and tell me what his intentions were, even if they didn't come across that way, and that I disagree that those were his, that was the intention. And the one storyline that definitely would have got cut in the three and a half hour version because I thought it would go somewhere and it didn't is like when the janitor or something got attacked by the um, the fucking flying thing, mind blanked on me. Like Dark Side's Parademons. 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 I can't. Yeah, I tried to say it like five times, but it's not working. <laughs> uh, my my mind blank. But yeah, when that janitor, whoever got you know kidnapped or you know attacked by the parademon, and he made the drawing, and then it was shown to Gordon, and he kind of referenced that it looked like Batman, and there was kind of like a back and forth of whether it was Batman that attacked him, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna you know that storyline's gonna go somewhere, and then it just didn't. So I'm like, why is this? Why was this even in the script? Because apparently, like, that storyline was just not ever going to go anywhere. Also, the worst joke in the Christopher Nolan movies was, so that's what that feels like when Catwoman disappears. Why did Zack Snyder feel like he needed to, like, triple down on that by having everyone disappear except the Flash? And him be like, well, that was rude. I thought that joke was, like, I said everything the Flash does in this movie made me cringe. That was the ultimate cringeworthy moment because i was like you they already tried to do this joke once that failed of batman in batman voice alone being like so that's what that feels like with catwoman gone why did they need to do that again like that, that, i mean when here? christopher nolan did it there was a reference to oh i have it right here somewhere uh the kingdom Jeff come out the receipts yeah the kingdom... yeah, it's from kingdom come but like that joke it's falls superman. flat in the movie yeah because it's superman yeah. that does it to batman and kingdom come i think yeah when he, they're in the Batcave, I couldn't find it, but it's in there somewhere. Yeah, but the um, but like, okay, that joke failed once. You don't need to do it again, and then they do it in this one, but like, it's even worse. And I'm like, how did you make that scene worse? I don't need another joke on them disappearing. Like, just have them all gone, whatever. But like, why does Cyborg know they disappear? He's not that rude. Come on, man. Yeah, I honestly feel like that running joke is like the worst part of superhero movies. Like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's so, how, how is it even possible? Yeah, it doesn't make it never has like, made to sense. To me, the joke would have been funny if Batman was gone and all of them were. <laughs> everyone and, else, uh, was everyone there. was there, and Gordon turns around and he's basically like, "What are you guys doing here?" That would have been how I would have played that joke. That would have been better. That would have worked much better than everyone is gone except the Flash. Who the fastest guy is there? And he's like, oh, I didn't notice that all these people left, even though I'm faster than them. Yeah, um, yeah if if Batman was gone, and everyone else was there, and then it's like Batman's like, where is everybody? Or like, <laughs> Gordon, why is like, what are you guys doing here? I thought, you know, I thought you were gonna leave with him. Yeah, he's like, every time I turn my back, I just expect you guys to be gone. Yeah. Get get out of here. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that was a bad scene. J.K. Oh. Simmons as Gordon is just, like, a weird casting choice looking back now that he's back to being J. Jonah Jameson in the MCU and, like, this franchise isn't going anywhere. And it was just, like, he's yeah. too good for that role at this point. He's had, like, oh, no, five scenes. Bring him back for the Ben Affleck Batman miniseries on HBO Max. You know, that'd be pretty cool. There you go. I am super excited, though. Like, I'm so excited for the fucking Batman movie that's coming out, the Matt Reeve one. Yeah. That, like, this Me one too. is just, like, filler until that happens, but, like... And then it got pushed back, production... like, over a year yeah. now. Yeah, it's real wet. I think DC's April in an interesting... And now it's May 2022, I think. Or something yeah, they're like. in an interesting place now. I feel like they're at a point where they genuinely could, like, revitalize their image among people. Because this went over decently well. Like, people were at least like, okay, it was better than the last one. And people... I think we'll be excited for the new Batman, of course. That trailer was a huge hit on social media. So was the uh, Suicide Squad one. I think 2022 is going to be a telling year for Warner Brothers in DC. I think they have The Flash. They have Batman, I think, that year. They have Black Adam. They have a lot coming out that year. And I think that's a year they could reset this universe and really set their tone for what it is going to be going forward. So I'm just really interested to see, after this, what the next step is for Warner Brothers. They have a lot of directions they can go in, and I'm just really curious what that direction is going to end up being. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with Black Adam. They're definitely putting a lot behind it. They they took over all of Times Square, like every billboard, just to announce the release date of of the movie that, I mean, not a shot against WB. I mean, that's usually how movies go of like when you announce the release date over a year out, it gets changed. So it's like, Basically, they spent a shitload of money just to remind people that a movie was happening. That's over a year away. Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah. they they announced that movie so long ago. Like, they cast yeah. Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam, like, ten years ago at this yeah. point. So I remember someone, he posted a picture of him and Henry Cavill. It was so long ago. People say it was 2014 when he originally got announced. Someone found an article back from 2000, and, I think it was 2007, when he was actually originally cast as Black Adam. Yeah. That's when he was originally like talked about. He's been working with WB for a while. To yeah, try... he's been working with WB since 2007 on a Black Adam movie. It's about now going to come out. It in better be good after all that. Like it, it, it better be. I, Black Adam is is a cool character. I, I don't know. Like, I think he could do something good, but I'm worried that it's The Rock as Black Adam. I'm worried that he's going to be played off as like anti-hero maybe kind of a good guy but they need to go full-on joker and make him the evil like as evil he's as not he he's not gonna him. be and i don't think they're gonna be so he's gonna be an anti-hero because he's played an anti-hero a lot in the comics and they're gonna do that there's no way that he's just a villain in, in his own movie i would love it but i don't think they will I mean, but you also have to look now with the success of like the joker and other things like that, yeah. that i hope they, they do, could do i it. do and like venom wasn't the greatest movie but it still did pretty well financially and like it like Like venom venom is more venom was more anti-hero in the comics than black adam yeah a few times like has been but he's most famous for being a super villain being with like the legion of what is not the legion of doom right the legion of doom is that right yeah sounds like that's a wrestling group um, I think it's both. <laughs> that's that's right. It is both. Yeah, that's right. So like he's known more for being the the yeah. bad guy. So and also you have I, justice. I'm, they I'm cast the entire justice society in that movie. So like I doubt I he's going to be working with them. He has to be working against them. 
I'd be curious if he showed up in uh, Shazam as like a villain in Shazam, and then he's a villain in that movie. He's a hardcore bad guy, but then in his standalone movie, you get a little bit more of his rationale and his motivation. That could be kind of interesting. I think Black Adam comes out before Shazam 2, so I could be wrong. Well, never mind. Yeah, it should be. You do a Black Adam movie, and then he's the villain in the next Shazam movie. Like, that's how it should work. But he's not, because Helen Mirren, for some reason. Yeah, Shazam 2 is 2023. Huh. I know could we have have a pandemic, but DC needs to get their shit together, man. Why do you need so many years between between every movie? Yeah, it's four years between Shazam and Shazam Two. Granted, coronavirus might have delayed it a year. Yeah, so if it's three years, I guess that's fine. But like, the Dark Knight trilogy was it was three four years, three years and then four years. Three so, then four. Yeah, it's been going on. Two years now since we had Avengers Endgame, and now they still haven't given us Black Widow, you know? Well, that was a supposed to come that. out. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> also, that would have been out like, almost a year ago now. What's yeah. that coming out in, like, July? Yeah, something. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. July something. Yeah, and it's it's like Godzilla Kong. It's it's theaters and, and HBO Max. Or not HBO Max, but Disney Plus. Well, it's but Disney it's like Premier. the Premier Access. Yeah. It's Premier Access. So You want to pay 30 bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, let you guys I know now. Like, if you do, if you ever catch me paying thirty bucks for a Disney movie, Disney Plus streaming movie, just come to my house and kill me because I've been replaced by something that is not me. I'm clearly Martian Manhunter. So if you, if I'm on Twitter so saying like, "Oh look, Martian I got thirty more dollars," I'm with you. You're named Martian Manhunter. I'm not gonna mess with you because you're clearly a, a super villain. Um. But yeah, I think with Bobby's internet dying, we can kind of... Yeah, we haven't really been talking well. about Justice League for a solid, like, 10, 15 minutes. We've kind of been talking about the or future ha- yeah. of Warner Brothers and DC. While. You guys get any in final thoughts? What's he say? Yeah. Isn't it? Um, All right, Bobby, your internet might be... Yeah. Which he didn't might ever actually stable? say in the movie. That was completely... He didn't. That was just a trailer. trailer. No. Yeah. 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 Bobby, any final thoughts unless your internet cuts out again? Basically, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I I really did love it. But... All right, he loved it, and then his internet cut out. Anyway, yeah, there's he no said, I loved it, perfect. but and then his internet cut out. So we've been hacked by Zack Snyder, who didn't want to. But I can see why it's not for every. But I can see why it's not for everyone. There we go. All right, and uh, Chris, Snyder. <laughs> Chris, or I'll go to Johnny. Johnny, final thoughts. Well, not a more positive. Final note. thoughts. Overall, this movie. Um, is kind of it's just like large and and pretty dumb. I can I get I cannot understand anyone defending Batman v Superman, but I can totally understand why people enjoyed this one, and I think that's a big improvement um, from film to film to film. Um, I also do think that I enjoyed this one because I saw the Whedon one, and that was terrible, and this one was better. I do think that that might differ my opinion on on this if we never got the the Whedon version I don't know what my thoughts on this if I had seen this in theaters and yeah like maybe it's three hours instead of four and you cut out some of the stuff I can't imagine myself enjoying it um but for what it was I I had some fun with it you know I sat through it it was four hours and it didn't feel like four hours like the first two hours dragged and then the last half was was pretty entertaining so I think they could have gotten to that point quicker. Um, you could easily cut, you know, 24 minutes out of it if you just don't have everything in slow motion. But um, as Michael mentioned, but 
Yeah, overall, I, w- I would say this is maybe like a 4 out of 10 for me. Um, maybe 4.5 on a good day, but I'll never go back and watch this again. I, I don't think there's maybe some scenes, um, but I doubt it. So even if it's available on streaming forever, like I, I can't imagine myself going back and watching it. But that's also how I feel about just even like a lot of super movies I enjoy, so... Um, like I liked Wonder Woman, but I've never gone back and watched that again. I like a lot of the MCU movies, but there's plenty of those I've only watched once. So yeah, I, I think that, um, I think being at home for this helped. I think being on HBO max really, really did help this one because I think if I was sitting in a theater, it, I really would have felt the length, but sitting at home, being able to pause it, like I couldn't do it all in one sit. Like I had to get up, I had to go make some food and come back down like halfway through and then watch it. Like, but I, I think, like, again, we talked about if Zack Snyder was to continue making DC movies, throw them on HBO Max, and I can watch them on my own time, I think that'll work. Like, I'd be into it. I, I think even if I won't love the movies, I think um, I'd like just more DC content because I love the characters. So even if I don't love what the director does with them, I want to see someone's take on them. All right. So I'd be down for it. Yeah, and we all, during the uh, non-spoiler review, uh, we all gave it a... You know, rating out of ten. What would your rating out of ten be? I kind of said like a. I'll say a four point three. Okay. Out of ten. All right, four point three. I, I gave it a six. I think. Uh, I think Tristan gave it what an eight, and then Johnny or uh, Bobby gave it a nine. For what it was, it, there was like a wow. asterisk on there for what it was. You can't asterisk it, Bobby. Full compared to real movies, what <laughs> what would you rate this? Well. I mean, it's hard to go because everyone has their own rating system. So I I felt like I liked it more than Tristan did. He gave it an eight and a half, so I gave it a nine. But basically, if I if Bobby gave it every time he's about to say something negative about the (laughs) internet cuts. All right, Bobby gave it a six point nine. We can move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Tristan, what are your final thoughts about this? classic cinema film i'll definitely admit it's not for everyone i can totally understand people not liking it i can see a lot of flaws people have and if you're not sold on snyder you're not sold on his direction for this you're not gonna love this you might think it's a bit better than bbs you might think it's a better movie than the original cut but it's not going to change your mind on snyder it's not going to change your mind on bbs and as someone who has a shrine right here to snyder and (laughs) to his dc movies i i was really all in on this and i had a great time watching it i think it has flaws you've gone over the flaws ad nauseum on this podcast and i'm not going to deny that there's flaws there but i had a great time with it and i think it was very refreshing and very different from what we've seen in the genre and i was just happy to see something different from what we've gotten already something that was unapologetically stylish unapologetically like a director's vision i think we see a lot of times in this genre they feel like committee movies they feel like this doing what can appeal to the masses as much as possible. And I think the most interesting superhero movies are stuff like this and stuff like I recently rewatched Thor Ragnarok. And I think it's sort of similar where they just gave a director who has a very specific style, a character that's pretty established and let him do his own thing with it. And I think this feels like that to me. It feels like all of its flaws are just flaws in Zack Snyder's style. (laughs) And you mentioned you're not going to rewatch it. I think it's something I will rewatch on occasion i watched it over a couple of times over but that was mostly because i wanted to be familiar with it for this review i don't know if i would have done that normally 
but it feels like something that I'll revisit. I, I don't revisit superhero movies very often, but I think like the Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, BVS, Justice League kind of, I don't know what you call it, like a four movie series kind of all feels like a one part of a whole. And I, I definitely have that be something I revisit, especially if HBO Max does continue with this. If like they come out with a Snyder Cut 2 or they come out with an animated series that follows up the story, it's, I would probably go back and be like, okay, let's give another watch to Zack Snyder's Justice League. But I don't feel myself being like, oh, I'm going to throw away four hours of my day to watch this yet again. Something that I, I have great memories of after how many years of buildup, I feel satisfied by it. And I'm glad people liked it more than BVS, more than Justice League. So I walked away pretty happy with it. I'm, I'm glad it came out. I'm glad they let him do his vision. I'm glad they let him do his cut, all four hours of it. And let's give David Ayer the next one. Yeah, let's not. Uh, I watched it. It was fine. I enjoyed the four hours that I watched it. And then the other four hours where I was kind of half watching it the second time I watched it. But those are my thoughts. I don't need to go on and on just to say I thought it was okay. If you like Zack Snyder's movies, you'll like this movie. If you think Zack Snyder sucks, you'll probably think this movie sucks. Kind of how this movie is. Uh, but in regards to future scheduling on this stream or on this channel or whatever it's called on Twitch, on Fridays, uh, Tristan and I are going to do a review of Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 3 anyone else is available can hop on this usually lasts about 40 minutes or so depending on you know what there is to talk about in the episode you know if you want to see our past reviews of episode one and two they're on here they're on youtube uh next week i don't know if we have a day yet but we're gonna go back to another our main show uh movie change up fight uh we did something a little different because we're into april obviously april has april fools uh normally how it works is the judges they go they pick the seven movies they pick the seven rules and then they give it to the two competitors the competitors have to match up whatever rule they think works with what movie but being april you know we wanted to mix it up a little bit and uh the judges uh assigned the rule to the movie they think would work best before they gave it to the competitor so uh the first week it was you know johnny assigned the rules to the movies that I have to do and Tristan assigned the rules to the movies that Bobby has to do and that's how we will be competing we had no control over what rule what with what movie it'll be interesting to see what Tristan uh, gave Bobby and then the week after that we're gonna do the opposite where I gave Johnny the rules for the movies he has to do and Bobby gave Tristan the rules for the movies he has to do so it'll be interesting to see how that works out and then I believe in three weeks from now uh, we are going to do a, another Mount Rushmore, and we are going to focus on comedy. So we have various uh, categories within the comedy genre. I think we have like best comedic performance, uh, best comedic side characters, best comedy duos, uh, best uh, performance, best dramatic performances by a mostly comedic actor. So it should be another good episode. I really enjoyed our last Mount Rushmore. Uh, so come check us out. Uh, we're movie change up. We host a podcast once a week, sometimes more is what it is.